Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 110 of the Big Planet Comics podcast, uh, the most comprehensive uh, comic book podcast on the internet. Is it? It is. It, it is. is. Uh, Never been challenged. My name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. And uh, yeah, we're here to do this thing. Uh, we were not here last week, probably because of me. We won't be here next week because of Becky Clooney. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but maybe we'll have some interviews next week. Uh, speaking of that stuff, let's just get right into this. Uh, this weekend, Saturday, May 3rd, free comic book day. Uh, Brooke Allen and Grace Ellis are going to be signing uh, copies of Lumberjanes. Never from heard of them. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at our College Park store, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. at our Vienna store. And then Wednesday, May 7th, Becky Cloonan and Sean Simon uh, will be signing True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys. And Becky Cloonan will have her new book, By Chance or Providence. They're going to be at our Vienna store from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Jared. Jared, I'm telling I pointed to you to read the rest of these. Oh, I missed the point because I got a huge microphone on my face. Sunday, May 25th through Monday, May 26th is Viva Vienna, a awesome little town festival in Vienna, which we'll be set up at. Uh, Saturday, May 29th, or sorry, May 31st, uh, we'll be having Box Brown and Pat Olicio in a Andre the Giant versus Stoner Alien throwdown wrestle match. This is, I have to believe how Pat did it. At our Washington, D.C. store from 4 to 6 p.m. And Sunday, June 21st, is free RPG day, so we'll have some free role-playing game stuff at our Vienna and College Park stores. Cool. Usually we don't do that first, and I don't think we ever will again, because it's a really boring way to start the podcast. <laughs> Welcome. But you guys should definitely come out to all that stuff, because it's going to be cool. It's going to be It's going to be the best. It's going to be great, especially all of our listeners in Europe and the West Coast. <laughs> hey, you guys, come on out. Uh, yeah, so what have you guys been doing? I know we're all getting ready for free comic book day this weekend. We're getting ready yeah. for free comic book day. <laughs> That's all we've been doing. Uh, I, I watched a lot of kind of movies that i had been meaning to watch lately like uh, yeah we waited to start this podcast so you could try to remember what they were i watched uh <laughs> i watched predators which Pre- I'd, I'd never seen with a with the pianist to adrian catch a predators with uh yeah with adrian brody right mm-hmm. um yep. and uh danny trejo <laughs> really oh boy <laughs> for a little bit uh but not it was uh it was pretty good i don't know not great um i watched prometheus which i liked I, I heard a lot of mixed things about it. Jared hates it. I love it. I'm going to mix it up. I it. Poo-poo. Um, <laughs> I watched Source Code. Oh. Oh, what is that one? Which is great. Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a great oh, movie. Oh, is that the time machine one? Yeah. That one was great. It's a great movie. It's I really, really like good. that one. Is it, It's a different movie than the movie Adjustment Bureau, from what I understand. <laughs> and then I watched this other movie, which I can't remember the title of. But what it was, happens? It was like, uh, it's on Netflix. It's this documentary about... Um, Juarez, Mexico, and also about uh, narco corridos across the border in oh, El Paso, wow. um, and it's it really depressing. That sounds pretty great. Uh, yeah, it sounds a little really depressing. depressing. That's awesome, but, but it was great. It was really good. Uh, other than that, I didn't do much. <laughs> I just watched. <laughs> I watched. Uh, I watched a lot of Survivor, <laughs> like old episodes. Oh, really? Yeah, that's about it. I mean, do uh, they still hold up? Yeah, are you on, like no, on tenter hooks? Like, it's still good. It's gonna happen. It's ones that I haven't watched. So. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would never rewatch Survivor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What about you, Jared? What have you been up to? Or maybe I'll say what I've been up to. Yeah, what have you been up to, Kevin? Nothing. All right, <laughs> getting ready for free comic book day. Yep. Uh, I started working on a new comic uh, with a. Uh, I don't know if I should say I'm working on because it it's, a it's new not official artist. with a friend. Yeah. yeah, it's a new artist, uh, and it's um, going to be expanding your uh, repertoire. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be a web comic, and it should be fun, an all ages thing. Oh, it's going to be on the web. Yeah, yeah, awesome. it's going to be on the World Wide Web. And um, web design. Oh no, boy, uh, <laughs> I just saw that a new Ninja Turtles trailer came out, and I feel like we should have watched it before. Oh, did it? <laughs> Let's yeah. pause this real quick. Boy, and watch we, it. we might before we get to the news, but uh, just, just pause it right now. No, no, hold on. Trying to do a podcast here. Besides that, I did a lot of baking. A lot really? of cooking. What, what'd you bake up? Uh, I got a new pizza pan, so oh. I made some pizzas. <laughs> nice. Uh, Did you get a pizza oven? I made uh, two loaves of bread. Um, wow. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Sounds delicious. And I played a lot of Infamous Second Son for What's PS4. That? Nice. I don't even know what that is. It's a video game where you get superpowers. It's good. Yeah. And I got addicted to Magic the Gathering. Oh, yes. That is a big oh, boy. So life. I've been playing that a lot. I got a Swamp Deck. <laughs> Wait, what's a swamp deck? It's a black deck. Yep. What's a black deck? Well, it's, it's you know, there's a lot of control. It's a contr- aggressive control deck. Oh boy, I don't even what's know if happen- that's true. What's happening uh, right now? <laughs> it's your worst nightmare. It's super fun though. I I'm uh, actually really enjoying it. Pl- playing a lot with my roommate Brooke, uh, who is going to be signing at our Vienna store from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. this Hooray. Saturday. Um, yeah, I, that's about it. Just doing a lot of writing, watching a lot of uh, stupid like K-pop. TV shows and <laughs> nice. stuff. I watched a show called Immortal Songs 2 last night, which was a bunch of like new K-pop singers singing old K-pop songs from the 70s. Oh, wow. I saw, a video, kind of amazing. <laughs> I saw a video of K-pop 
uh, a K-pop group. Uh, K-pop? K-pop. <laughs> K-pop group twerking to classical music. Oh, oh that video is funny. Oh, boy. Good. Is that a real I don't, video? I don't think they're uh, an actual singer, but okay. I think they're just dancers. But, yeah. yeah. Weird. Yeah, it is a real video. They're, uh, I can't remember what they're dancing to, but it's funny. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. Uh, and that's about it. I haven't left my house that much. <laughs> I just <laughs> do stuff do it. at home. Oh, I did celebrate Easter last weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did not celebrate. Oh, that's Happy Easter, I got, I got my wife an Easter basket. Happy Easter, everybody. Three goats on a spit. <laughs> As you guys all always do. That's how it's the name of my new sitcom. Did you, uh, did you eat an eyeball? No. 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 I saw somebody eat one. Oh, boy. I did, too, but it wasn't on Easter. <laughs> It was just a uh, dude in the metro. Uh, yeah, so that's that's about it. Uh, except, Jared, what have you been up to? Uh, I went to the Awesome Con convention. Oh, hey, I went to Awesome Con. There we go. Did, have did, we not done a show since then? I did not I go think, to Awesome did Con. Did we not? No, we didn't. We oh, didn't. okay. Well, uh, yeah, sorry, Jared, tell me that about was, Awesome That was Con Easter. I was at Awesome Con. Oh, yeah, it was Easter. I, know what? I was at the store, so Nick could be at Easter. That's right. Yeah, I didn't go to Awesome Con. It was good. There were a lot of people there. 20,000, something crazy. Did yeah. you see Peter Mayhew? I did. Was he there? I don't know. I've seen him before. He would be hard to miss. He's pretty tall. I saw Billy Piper. I didn't see Billy Piper. You saw it from far away? I saw saw Kevin Sorbo. Oh. He uh, came by and asked if he he could borrow some stands to put his little pictures on on his table. And we're like, sure. So they brought over a signed picture at the end. He's like, here you go. Thanks, guys. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're like, you're welcome. That dude is Hercules. He was. He's the legendary Jerry. From uh, the Nutty Professor, too. (laughs) Hercules. 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 (laughs) Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I went to Awesome Con as well. I, I was like, hey, Kevin. I went and saw uh, Brooke, who was doing sketches for Lumberjanes, and I met Ian McGinty, who does uh, Adventure Time. Yep. He's cool, dude. He's, cool. He's about to start drawing Bravest Warriors, which is pretty awesome. Um, I bought some weird stuff. I bought a RoboCop action figure. Oh, yeah. You found some And I bought a bunch. Uh, I bought a Flash Gordon action figure. And I bought a bunch of bootleg wrestling cards like from Iran. Oh, I saw those. From the yeah. 80s. They're pretty amazing. That's pretty cool. Is it from Iran? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, they don't even have backs on them. They're great. (laughs) They're so good. They're obviously perforated. Perforated? Perforated. Perforated. Uh, Preferred. Yeah, they're the preferred wrestling cards. (laughs) Preferred rated. Yeah. Um, Upper deck platinum. (laughs) Right. Uh, And yeah, so that's the things we've been doing. Oh, and I went to uh, the Library of Congress last night to see Jen Sorensen get the award from the the Herb Block Society. The LOC. Yep, it was awesome. Uh, Bob Woodward came out and gave a talk about Herb Blocks political cartoons during the Watergate scandal, which blew my mind. That sounds awesome. And then they had amazing food and an open bar. And I was like, Did I, you get drunk? No, but some other people did. Did you get full? Yeah, I did. They had, they had <laughs> the definitely most, got full. Most, follow-up question. <laughs> most amazing desserts, too. They had, like, on a stick, it was like a... Are we re- talking about cake pops again? No, it was like a reverse s'more. It was a chunk of chocolate with, like, melted marshmallow on the outside that had been spiked out, so it looked like a spiky ball. With like little caramelized tips on it. It was delicious. Frosted tips? Yep. That was the best. <laughs> it looked like Goku? <laughs> yeah, but delicious. Wait, it looked like a puffer fish? It looked like Timberlake. No. Timberlake? Yeah. Justin Timberlake? No, ju- uh, Justin Time Timberlake. <laughs> oh. This guy, you don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, but he's got spiky hair and frosted yeah, yeah. tips. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Cool. You guys want to do some news? Yep. Let's do it. Uh, it's just in stuff. There's a lot of CTV TVs. We should probably get to that. So, let's see. What do we have? Uh, DC announced the third weekly series, uh, which everybody's excited about, Hooray. called Earth 2 World's End. That's another Earth 2 related series. It's uh, apparently only going to run six months long, as opposed to the other ones, which are, I think, are a year each. Um, Still a lot of issues. Yeah, and it's like a bunch of people that work on Earth 2 and, uh, you know world's finest and yeah it's, uh, it's something i'm not too excited about but uh yeah it's coming out uh <laughs> marvel announced to uh oh well they announced a bunch of crazy things so first they announced a five issue original sin tie-in miniseries called thor and loki the 10th realm it's about uh thor and loki finding out that angela is their long-lost sister oh, boy. hey the, the never-ending quest to jam angela into comics right. continues yep. well, it's, i feel like she basically derailed Guardians of the Galaxy for like two issues, yeah, and it's it's getting back She's on fine track now. now. Yeah. yeah, but well, like I think this is definitely they find the right place for her because like, you know just, it's it seems because like when it makes I sense. think about fighting frost giants, I think about Christian Angel. Well, the thing is with Angela in this universe is she's not anything she was before. She's just 
Then what's the point of her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. To stick it to. Is Todd it just because they're like we got a Neil Gaiman character? Yeah, right. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Um, what but I don't know. Call me, when, call me when death is in Secret right. Avengers. <laughs> it's a, it's, I thought it was an interesting kind of. I, th- I think it'll be a fun story. It's about Angela in the now new tenth realm of Asgard or whatever. Sure, oh, I boy. guess Asgard is one of the realms, right? It is. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, and cool. then they announced two ongoing series, one called Legendary Star-Lord by Sam Humphreys and Paco Medina. That's cool. That's a move is, that everybody probably expects. Cool, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> to go along with Rocket Raccoon, I'm waiting for the Groot <laughs> ongoing series. Oh, this is interesting. It says the Star-Lord will also feature Kitty Pride, which is a little huh. relationship that they set up in the Trial of Jean Grey. Right. right. Which was a good storyline. I recommend everybody read it. It was a lot of fun. I should have read that. Yeah. And then another book is uh, Storm by Greg Pak and uh, Victor Ibanez. I like Greg Pak. Uh, huh. I'm not sure I know who Victor Ibanez is, but he sounds I, very I know familiar. the name. Yeah. I think this is, book is called Strom, and it's about Strom Thurmond. <laughs> I wish. In the Marvel Disney Universe. Crap. Wow. Um, and then Marvel also announced the Death of Wolverine miniseries by Charles Soule and Steve McNiven. I saw this. Which is interesting. Uh, I don't know how long it'll last, but it'll be uh, it'll be fun. I, the I big mean, news I like is Charles that I already Soul. knew this. I like Charles Soule and Steve McNiven. Steve McNiven, so it'll be. It'll yeah, be. I mean, he's been doing awesome stuff on She Hulk and uh, Inhuman, yep. and um, yeah. So it's kind it, of a crazy thing for them to to, to, to kill somebody that big. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they well, did they it to Spider Man like a year ago. Yep. Well, yep. <laughs> did they? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Uh, sort of. Yeah. Like, that it, doesn't really it, count it, because he was kind of still around. You think Wolverine's gonna never be around again? No, I think he'll <laughs> be around again. Obviously, probably by the end of this miniseries. <laughs> probably when the next Wolverine movie comes That's out. That's what we were just talking about. Because literally, Spider Man is back as a main Spider Man, which would be crazy. Week, and Spider Man movies this weekend, which would be crazy because that'll be like two years or something. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Well, anyway, either way, it'll it'll be a fun story. But well, when's uh, Days Days of Future Past movie coming out? That nah, comes out like before this. All right. <laughs> it comes out like a month or something. Oh man, yeah. they totally blew it. Uh, and then DC announced. This is the big announcement, I guess, of the week. Uh, I don't know if it's good, but uh, yeah. they announced that after Batman versus Superman, Zack Snyder is going to be directing the Justice League movie. Yeah, just doubling down on Zack Snyder. Did oh, we haven't been on More here like since I saw Man of Steel. Down. Oh yeah, oh, you saw finally it? saw. It. I I saw it fairly recently. Oh, you saw it too. too. Yeah. Oh man, I can't do I it. I saw it like a month or two ago. Nah, it's I cool. Like so I, I watched the first four hours one day, and then I watched Wait, the, the next hours? six hours oh, the next day. Uh, no, I did break it up into two. I saw Man of Steel. Yeah, it was not good, but uh, I like parts of it. Um, which part? <laughs> the ending. I mean, I like. I feel like I like the first half more than I'd like the second half. Uh, Man of Steel. I zoned out somewhere near the, the the like hour mark or something. Man of Steel spoilers. We're just going to talk about Man of Steel for a few minutes. Is that okay? Everybody's seen it. At this yeah, point. yeah. So who cares? Except us. Except and me. if you haven't seen it, you don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't care. Did you not uh, see it? No. Oh, really? Yeah. Go for it. I mean, don't act so surprised. We just saw it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't know that we had all not seen it. Yeah. <laughs> There are a few great things in that movie. And when I say great, I mean terrible. Um, the f- <laughs> I've heard a lot of these already. Doesn't, like, Paw can't get sucked up into a tornado? Yeah, so that's... he says, don't save me or something? That's the second part of a, of a two-part oh, boy. thing that happens. So first, uh, when Superman's a little kid, this uh, bus goes into a river with full of little kids. Yep. And they're all going to drown to death. And Superman uses his powers to pull the bus to out of the... freeze the water and... Oh, wait. No, he just pulls the bus out of the water. Right. And then he goes home and, like... Somebody had seen him, and Pa Ken is like, I can't believe you saved all those kids. And he's like, what was I supposed to do? Let them die? And Pa Ken goes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite parts. I thought that and was I, like such a forced thing where they were like, they were trying to build this thing where like he had to hide who he was because... Because uh, everybody would freak because out. people would freak out, but like... To how like to the the lengths they take it to is just insane. Like yeah, the second so, part you're about to talk about. I yeah, guess. so when Pa Ken, basically there's a tornado. Because they're in Kansas. And um, uh, Pa Ken is just standing there. No, he goes there to save the dog. Yeah, he goes to save the dog. And then he's he's just standing there, and he's like, you know, he Superman just needs to grab him. There's nobody else around. No, there's people. Are there people? Yeah, he's okay. he's, he's under the bridge with, like, a huge group of people. Okay, anyway. But, like, so Superman's going to save him, and Pa but Ken still, just puts yeah. out his hand, and he's like, no, 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 no. And then he just gets sucked up in a tornado. Yeah, and, he's like, don't save and me. And he dies. I was like... <laughs> I was like, really? You would want to hide your secrets so bad that you wouldn't, like, save your dad's life? And what if he, like, wore a mask? 
or whatever. Or, or, or moves he's, really fast. Yeah, he's Superman. Yeah, he moves so fast and nobody sees him. They're like, well, what just happened? And yeah. then at the end, there's a really long fight scene that's really boring. That's where I zoned out. When it, what, like, I, I like the fight scene at first for like the first five minutes. And <laughs> first then 20 minutes. after that, I was like, Ooh, and then my <laughs> eyes glazed over. Well, the oh, first boy. part of it is in small. I didn't even see him kill Zod. Oh, he snaps his neck. I didn't even see it. <laughs> oh, really? I, I like zoned out, and then I was like, oh, he just killed him. Because I knew it happened. He kills him, and then it cuts right to, like, like Clark Kent going to work at the Daily Planet. Metropolis is well, completely well, rebuilt. Well, first it cuts oh, to, like, really? a scene of Metropolis, like, the entire city on fire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Jeez. Yeah. Like, all of it is, like, it looks like it's gone, like, completely destroyed. And then it cuts to Clark Kent with his shirt tucked into his jeans. Like... <laughs> At the Daily Bugle, at the, da- the Daily Bugle, at the Daily just, Planet, just like, uh, like, oh, hey, oh, oh. I, I, it seems so weird because, like, it's it cuts straight from the scene where the, the entire city is destroyed to him <laughs> getting a job at the Daily Bugle and kind of being like, hey, yeah, I got a job here. I'm not Superman. And then, like, I'm I like, how the purpose- fast did they build the city? At, and maybe Superman helped them. It would yeah. a priority be the Daily Planet. I just think it. I wish it had ended with he sits down at his computer and somebody's like, hey, Clark, uh, Perry wants you in his office. So he's like, sorry, I'm really busy working on this article. And you see his screen and it's like, Superman kills millions of people in Metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. An exclusive interview. And then they play like the John Williams Superman theme. <laughs> oh man. Um no, it's yeah, it, it was it was really bad. It's so long. There's also too. a part in there where at the end where uh, Lois is like, Hey Clark, and he's like winks at him. <laughs> Anyway, I'm like what? That's Man of Steel. It's on HBO. Check it out if you have uh, HBO Go, or no which you probably do. You probably have one of your friends' passwords or something. Yeah. Just check it out. It's uh, it's I, really, really I good. I like the first half a little bit. I don't know. I like the stuff on Krypton. I think. Okay, so but back to the Justice League movie. <laughs> oh boy. So this will so, be. Yeah. It seems it's. I mean, it seems like they're setting this up already, right? Because Wonder Woman's in well, they, Batman, Superman. They've got a lot of the supporting cast. Cyborg cast already. Yeah. yeah. So because they did, someone also announced that they're trying to plot like twelve. DC Universe movies for the next. Oh yeah, there's nine DC so, movies yeah, yeah. coming out in the next. Yeah, um, so they're trying to replicate Marvel, but, but it's interesting they're speed. sticking to their guns on Cyborg. But that uh, included stuff like so? scalped. And stuff. Well, I just mean like Cyborg was never part of the Justice League. He was always a Teen yeah. Titans guy, and then right. they put him in the new Justice League and yeah. kind of centered the first storyline about around him. I feel like they need to give him his own comic though, like if they really want I to. I think because there's no diversity in the justice nah. league they want well, to look at the avengers you throw know. somebody in you know because they're like oh i mean the I, avengers is a white team they should definitely have the comics have, superhero I mean, comics are white yeah they could have john stewart which you know is the, probably the green lantern most people know anyway that's what they yeah that's one thing they never seem to understand is yeah. that more people know the justice league cartoon than know that's true justice league comics yeah or just who hal jordan is and <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so possibly jason momoa or whatever his name is is I don't is know. It, is. Isn't it the dude from Cal, uh, Cal Drogo? Yeah. Oh, he's okay. probably in it as somebody, and uh, maybe The Rock is as Black Adam. Black Adam, probably, most likely. I mean, I'd like to see The Rock as Black Adam. Yeah. You know what? The Rock is a good person to have in movies. Yeah, yeah. he's good at being in movies. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for our news. Yeah, but we do have a question. Let's answer it. Uh, Dave says, "I want a dog." Okay. That's, I don't that's have, not a question. Good question. Hold on. No. I don't have a yard. Still not a question. Is it wrong to have a pet dog, but with no yard to let it run free? Please discuss. So we'll start there. Uh, not necessarily. It I depends mean, on Kevin what kind of dog it is. a yeah. dog without a yard to run free, but you can take them on walks. And yep. You take yeah. them on walks. You take think, them to the dog park. A lot of it's the size of the dog. Yeah. A lot of it's the size of the dog or how, you know what? I mean, people, people in cities have, have dogs and, yeah. you know, nobody has a yard in the city. See, the thing that gets me more is like the people who don't have yards, the crating of dogs. I didn't even know this happened until a few years ago. It's so weird. They're like, I've got a dog, but I don't want to tear up my house while I'm at work because I'm not going to be home all day and no one's going to take care of him. I'm going to stick him in a crate. Yeah, people and do sit that. in a crate for eight people to do ten that hours. Outside the city too. That's what I mean. It's yeah. so weird. It's hey like, guys, let's let's do our our other podcast talking about dogs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Today on dogs, dogs on dogs. <laughs> yeah, dogs on dogs. So tell uh, me, dog, what do you uh, think about these dogs? Well, I think I think uh, I think the thing with crating is that dogs like uh, being in they, like a secure space. Or, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. in nature, they live in dens, so they like to be in dark places. So like, yeah, they. It's not. I oh, mean. Uh, but uh, so you stick them in a hole, <laughs> yeah. cover them in dirt. So, so, so it's dirt just, in your living room. It's just a thing. Uh, Don't like it. Like if your dog is running around and barking out the window all day, it's probably not actually happy. Exactly. Then you uh, shouldn't have a dog in your house. It should. You know, it it, it want to rest. But anyway, uh, that was talking. What is it called? Dogs on dogs. Dogs on dogs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, 
So hopefully that answers your question, Dave. He also says, uh, also there are characters current. Are there characters currently that you feel should have a pet? Rocket Raccoon. Hey, let's get back into a little bit of Dogs on Dogs. <laughs> dogs on Dogs, the comics edition. Hey, dog. What characters do you think should have dogs? Oh, man. Who should have a dog? I feel like Dr. Strange should have like some kind of otherworldly <laughs> well, other really. other dog. I can see that. That's a good question. Like That's a, a demon choice. dog of some sort. Yeah. A hell, a hell beast. A hellhound. Hellhound. Maybe Hellcat <laughs> should have a hellhound. <laughs> Maybe Hellcat should have a cat. No, nah. she, <laughs> yeah, uh, she seems more of a dog person. My, my fa- I will say my favorite, uh, my favorite animal in comics right now is uh, She-Hulk's assistance monkey. Oh, that monkey is He's great. Pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Uh, who would who would be pizza good with dog? A dog? Uh, I, I, you know, Peter. Good. I bet Peter Parker would be fun with a pet. I, I think has he's he had, had one. Pet? I think he has at some point. Yeah, I mean, I feel like know. he had a dog, but at then some it point. got killed by like a burglar. <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not Peter Parker had a pet in the past is irrelevant. Yeah, I think he'd be true. good with a pet now. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, I'd like to see maybe somebody with a cockatiel. I think Captain America needs a pet. A cockatiel? He, he needs a, he, <laughs> maybe a cockatiel. He needs a pet he at needs least. A, he needs a bald eagle. He's been through some some bad stuff lately. Yeah. yeah. It'd be good for him psychologically. A bald eagle? Yeah. Nah. Oh, what, about, what if you had a falcon? That would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> Falcon's like, what the hell, man? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's my shtick. Like, what do you think you're doing? Uh, Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe those ones. Yeah. Hopefully that answers your other question. Dave, Dave has more questions. Oh. While we are on the subject, oh, what is with that monkey the secretary has in She-Hulk? Uh, just good things. Oh, he keeps going. Oh, uh, it can take notes. Can monkeys really do that or only in comics? All right. So the thing, the best monkey story I've ever heard oh boy, is that in India, they had a, a monkey, maybe a series of monkeys that had been trained to come up to a window and people would walk up and give these monkeys money. Then the monkeys would walk back through whatever house or wherever this monkey is, go to the back room and get drugs and then trade it and bring drugs out to the people at the front. So That's they had trained it to be their drug dealer. So no humans were actually involved in this drug trafficking. <laughs> so there's no one to arrest except for the monkey. That's, That's awesome. That's great. It sounds like a, so yes, like a yes. Sonic or something. Sonic? Yeah, like a the hedgehog? <laughs> monkey on roller skates comes out to your car. <laughs> oh, Sonic the restaurant. Yeah. I take your order. I thought you meant Sonic, like with uh, you know Doctor Robot, the hedgehog? not Sonic with tater tots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, with, yeah. Uh, so not tater tots. What are those things? Tater limeades and cherry limeades. Uh, yeah, and then finally he says, "What are the greatest comic book pets in your collective opinion?" Yeah, man, this is a lot of pet questions. This is this is intense. Um, Came to the right show though. Dave says, "Please, please reply to Dave at Petco dot com." <laughs> um, I was gonna say I it was uh, Dave's at Pets dot com. I was gonna say um. Oh man, what is his name? Then pets.com the dog business. <laughs> yes. Long big crash. The dog there. from Inhumans, what is his name? Lockjaw. I was gonna oh, say Lockjaw, Lockjaw, but then I fig- I realized really I realized that Lockjaw is like a, an inhuman. Yeah, he's got he's the actually like antenna. one of the inhuman that just turned into a dog. <laughs> so who are the greatest comic book pets then? Lockheed, for sure. Yeah, Lockheed oh, is Lockheed's good. great. He's yeah. one of the best. Um uh Kazar's Tiger. Uh yeah, what's his name? Oh man. I forgot his name. So Sabretooth. <laughs> um uh those are the ones that come to Zabu. mind. Zabu. Zabu. Nice. That is correct. Cool, Nick. <laughs> um, does any oh well of course, you know, we're just talking about Marvel. There's there's uh Pizza Dog. Bippo. What is the what is that monkey called? Uh Beppo the oh, Super right. Chimp. What yeah. is that thing called? Yeah, from Super Pets or Somebody's like screaming into their yeah. podcast I think it's right Beppo. Is it Beppo? I that <laughs> like, might be we just a lost like hundred subscribers. Like you idiots. Crypto. Crypto's yeah, a good crypto one. is a dog. Yes, uh, if you want to read a good crypto story, whatever happened what about, tomorrow. What about Streaky the super cat? Sure. Comet, the super hound. Who is who's no the, Comet's the, the horse. horse. Yeah, Comet's yeah, the horse. Comet's horse. Yeah. Ace on, is man. Ace is the bat dog. Bat hound. Bat hound. Oh yeah, Ace and the cat, whatever the cat's. Oh wait. I'm literally looking at the cover of the Falcon book. Falcon has a Falcon? Yeah. Does he? Well, that's why I was saying. That's, like, that's my shtick, man. I have oh. a Falcon. I just oh, for the name. I thought you just meant like, he was like, that's my shtick. I am a Falcon. Yep. No, uh, like, Captain America shows up. He's like, check it out. I have a Falcon. Falcon's like <laughs> holding his Falcon in his arm. He's like, really? <laughs> um, yeah, who else, who else has got some? I mean, those, those are good ones. Lockheed is a good answer. Lockheed's a and great Zab, Zab, Lockheed's definitely the best. Zabu? Zabu. Zabu's yeah. pretty awesome, though. What uh, about Devil Dinosaur? I, yeah, I think well, which one's the pet? Is is Moonboy Moon the pet or is maybe I don't know. That's that's a cosmic question. They're both pretty dumb. They're just friends. <laughs> They're just friends. Um, Chewbacca. 
I don't think it, Chewbacca's I weird. Is Chewbacca a pet? I I wait. Chewbacca from I Star feel like Wars. He he kind of is. What are you he, they treat him like a pet in well, the first movie? But he can that's fly. No one else can understand. But him. he can fly a spaceship. He, he gets really scared when he hears like loud sounds. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, he can rip people's arms off. Yeah, I mean he. You they know, don't give him a medal at the end true. of the movie. So, but Wookiees also have like their own government and stuff, right? Like they, they run Kashyyyk. No. There's not like somebody else who does that. They just live in trees. Yeah, but they yeah. like build houses and stuff. I guess <laughs> they can use tools. They're not. Well, pets. Yeah, I guess. I guess they technically have weapons. Chew- I guess technically Chewbacca is like a slave. He was a slave because he he, he has like a life he has like a life debt to Han right so this he's basically is pretty bad. <laughs> he's basically awful. his slave right no 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 he was he was freed he was yeah, on Han a slave ship that was I believe piloted by Grand Moff Tarkin <laughs> no, I thought he had a, a young li- Tarkin. piloted by him well I don't know why did they let a Grand Moff fly a ship I he thought he had a life like debt to Han so like he could he does because Han saved him yeah so yeah. he's kind of like a slave like he's like a voluntary slave but he no, can leave he's if he paying wanted. off his debt yeah it's a source of honor man come on anyway. <laughs> we got way too deep into Chewbacca's uh, status as a free Wookiee. As a pet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so those are some good comic book pets. Yeah. Yep. Hey, come back next week for some more Dogs on Dogs. Thanks for the questions, Dave. One more Chewbacca thing. <laughs> I, I, just, oh I, just, I just remembered that uh, the, they announced the Star Wars cast for the They did. And Chewbacca oh, yeah. is, is in it. We Peter got back into some news. That's news. This is just it. Yeah. Cast of Star Wars Episode 7 announced. I don't remember any of their names, but I remember the movies they're from. Carrie uh, uh, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill from um, American Skateboard. What is that movie called? Uh, Corvette Summer. Corvette oh, Summer. Corvette yeah. Summer. Yeah. Uh, also, was the trickster Harrison on the Ford Flash Television Show? Uh, the, uh, the Harrison main... Ford from What Lies Beneath. And American Graffiti. <laughs> the main kid from uh, Attack the Block. Carrie uh, That's cool. Dude yeah. from Girls. Adam Driver. I don't remember anybody's name. Adam Driver. That's why we have Kevin. Carrie Fisher from, from Postcards from Llewellyn the Llewellyn Davis. Right? <laughs> is that the movie? What is it called? Yep. Not Llewellyn Lu- <laughs> Lewis. Lloyd, Lloyd Llewellyn. Or uh, anyway, I feel like we're just being insane this episode. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, let's do some reviews. That's what let's we're here for, right? Sure. We love comics. They're swell. Except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. All right. Up first this week. Wait, I got to think. Did... Were any of you guys around when someone asked us to sing the song, that song right there? No. It must have been an awesome con. Someone asked me to do it. It really threw me. Whoa. You were like, Kevin sings that song. Yeah, pretty much. I was if like, you, we needed Kevin here. If you want to find him, he's probably one of the dudes here wearing a black t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> uh, all right. So this is Seventh Sword, number one. This is written by John Raffo and uh, drawn by Nelson Blake of the Second. And uh, it's about a guy with a big old sword. Jared's looking for his copy. Hey, where'd it go? Oh my god, you guys are hiding from me. <laughs> All right, the Seventh Sword. <laughs> Jared's like, I don't remember what this. Comic this was from is last week. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So this is basically a kind of awesome Mad Maxi ripoff thing, but in a kind of more futuristic universe. Is it kind of awesome though? I thought so. It's okay. okay. It's like fighting like cybernetic robot dudes in the so desert. So what's the, what's the story like, in this? Basically, there's a super tough dude who uh, is basically running bodyguard on a caravan running through the wastes, and uh, he ends up finding, like, one of the last bastions of civilization, and, of course, no one there trusts him, and he's like, but I'm a totally cool dude who follows Bushido, and there is the hint that, although he's this great warrior, that the warriors have gone awry and killed a bunch of people in the past or something, because nobody trusts him, but then a bunch of mutant monsters show up from the real trouble source, and this uh, kind of kick-ass robot woman shows up, and she's like, you guys need to turn over your compound, or all my monsters are going to destroy it, and we're going to come back with an army in ten days. So is this supposed to be like a Seven Samurai kind of deal? I yeah, I don't think so. No, because, I, like, think it's just, I thought it was weird to have a Samurai thing with the number yeah, seven on the title. That but but also, it, there's like a, you know, a group of bad guys who are like, we'll be back in a certain amount of time, and we'll come to your little... You know, village or whatever. Oh, well, but yeah, I mean, this is like on another planet. Is he going to gather seven people? Probably. And but he'll no, be the seventh sword. But there's, you know, they had some cool bits that, you know, this is very like Mad Maxi level tech, but then there's like robotic dudes. And then the backstory they start to slip in is that they are the remnants of a human colony on this planet that's been abandoned. And right. as a soldier, he should have left with the troops, but he stayed behind for some reason. So I thought that backstory stuff was actually like slipped in in a good way. Yeah, I like so, I like the world they created. Yeah. And I, and I, I I like the ideas in it, but I think the I think the dialogue was a little just a little too dry. I don't know. 
I like I, I liked it enough. I'll I'll probably check out the second one. Yeah, I thought the art was cool. Not not mind blowingly good. Kind of uh, I'd say earlier image art, if that makes sense. Is that a good way to compare no, this? That's not a good thing to say. No, like from a few years ago, you know. This is kind <laughs> yeah, of, this, I mean, like, it's, got, it's like got that Corey, Invincible. Yeah, of. it's got that Cory Walker kind of yeah. uh, Ryan Otley right. kind of stuff look to it. Yeah, I think the art's fine. Yeah, I, I just, it, I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was just an okay comic. Yeah. Well, I was expecting this to be terrible. So in <laughs> coming into that, I was like, this is kind of cool. Yeah, I liked it better than I thought. I I didn't like these little uh, goblins that show the up. The little monster I, mutant I, dudes. Yeah. That, that kind of took me out of it. I was like, why do they have an army of goblins? Because they're on an alien planet. I don't quite know if I understand this Darby Pop line. I can't figure that out either. Um, like indestructible city, the mind of the machine, and seventh sword. I just don't really see how those I, things. I feel it's like somebody brought a production house in and got picked up by IDW <laughs> or whoever. That is. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because IDW doesn't have any like unlicensed stuff other than this, right? Yeah, they do lock they and key. They do uh, stuff. I guess so, yeah, yeah. But not a lot. So no, yeah, they they've definitely are mostly licensed books at this point. I guess but... is this like their creator owned line? I guess I'll let maybe. Them. I just don't know much about like. It, right. Yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, all right, up next we've got a. Amazing Spider-Man number one. Uh, so the main story in this is by Dan Slott and Humberto Ramos, and then there are a bunch of backup stories by people, and we'll we'll list all the creators up on the webpage. But a uh, lot of people. Yeah, I would say this is uh, if you're looking for a completely new direction for Spider-Man, you're probably not going to find it here. This is basically Superior Spider-Man number thirty-two. Right, it's definitely a continuation, With a slight reset. Yeah, um, with a, a new direction, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. So Peter Parker is back in. Uh, the control, yeah, <laughs> you, control of you, his body. Did you guys read the the thing at the beginning where I thought it was just like a recap of his origin, but it's not. What in what sense? The first two the pages. First two pages. Because yep. it also shows somebody else getting bit by the spider. Yep. Yep. A girl. Yeah. Is that a sister? Uh, no. <laughs> I'll think From that graphic novel. Yeah. So basically, uh, Peter Parker's back, and that was kind of all established in the end of Superior Spider-Man. Right. So this is just like you know showing how. Things are getting kind of back to normal, and how Peter Parker is dealing with the fallout of being right. having Doctor Octopus in control of him for such a long time. Um, I think the the one thing that distinguishes this from Superior, though, is that it's it's a lot more goofy, funny. Goofy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's you know because it's Peter yeah. Parker. It's a lot. It's definitely a lot more fun. There's a part where he just like loses his clothes and he's running around naked and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think the most interesting stuff they set up in here, basically the the main good guy versus bad guy story and this is just like he's fighting like a silly animal themed team or whatever right. but uh the stuff they set up with like um his relationship with uh anna maria marconi who was uh his girlfriend basically when dr octopus took over his body yep. is like pretty intense yeah, they, they, had a, they had a little twist to the to the knife here because he's already like i don't know who this person is and she's like in love with him and then this in this one you she finds like a ring that that Peter was going to give to her. Peter slash Dr. Octopus was going to yeah. give to her with a note that says, like, I love you and I want to marry you. Because that's interesting. Because, you know, Peter Parker is basically a good guy. Yeah. So, like, how he deals with that situation is going to yeah. be. And uh, most of this is, yeah, just him dealing with, like, the fallout. And, yeah. And, like, or pa- even, like, more showing from, like, all the people who kind of messed up their lives, how they have been reacting to stuff. So you get to see Electro, who's kind of had his life smashed up as a supervillain. And then Black Cat, who's been arrested and kind of had her, like... Secret identity exposed. Well, that's all the stuff in the, in the backup stories. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, this yeah. Is like, it's uh, all basically the same thing. Though. Yeah, so all the backup stories are like what Jared said. They each kind of focus on different characters and how, how they're dealing with all this stuff. And then there's kind of a fun... And there's backups to the backups that, yep. that are kind of intros to new books. Like the Spider-Man 2099. Spider-Man, which I liked a lot. Um, I thought it was good, yeah. I thought it was really funny. There's also a Scarlet Spider thing, but he doesn't have a book anymore, right? He's in New Warriors. He's in New Warriors, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's... Yeah. And then there's an intro to this uh, Spider-Man 1.1 through 1.5. Storyline that's going to be the um, kind of a, uh, a story like, called Learning to Crawl that's told within the first year of when Peter Parker became Spider Man, but it's an all new story. But it's story. supposed to cover, like, yeah, some of the stuff that hasn't been covered. Like, uh, I heard, like, you know, Uncle Ben's funeral, which I don't think, oh. I don't remember ever seeing. Yeah, I don't anything. think so. Oh, interesting. That's a good story. And the art is uh, Humberto Ramos, who I think drew some of the um, Superior Spider Man stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, he drew a lot of it. Yeah. He drew a lot of Spider Man before, yeah, before, before that, that yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, he's been drawing Spider Man for forever now. Yeah, really um, and yeah, I thought this was really fun. If you've been liking um, Superior Spider Man, you'll like this. And if you're looking to jump on and get a new storyline, I think uh, I think this is a good place to do it. It's yep. Amazing Spider Man number one. That's always fun. Yeah. yeah. And I'm always hoping uh, that this uh, Javier Rodriguez, who drew the uh, Electro story, he did the two annuals for Superior Spider Man, and I really like his art, and I'm hoping he'll get his own yeah. storyline in, in, uh, in this run. Yeah, that'd be great. great. Is this going to be. Uh 
twice a month book or uh no because it'll be this end the point and one, the the point one stuff the yeah yeah year one um, story and as a little value add in the back of this thing if you haven't already gotten in human number one it's printed in its entirety in the yep. back of this yeah which is pretty so it's pretty good deal for 5.99 i mean even oh, without true, the inhuman yeah. it's like 100 pages or something yeah um which is you know worth five ninety nine, and then, I don't think it's a hundred pages without Inhuman, but it's, it's, it's pretty long. But it's pretty it's close. I mean, it's, pages. yeah, it's it's yeah. long. Uh, yeah, yeah. But oh, it's... Uh, speaking of Amazing Spider-Man number one, to completely throw it off, when I was at the Library of Congress yesterday, they have the very first page of Amazing Fantasy by Ditko, where it's like Peter Parker standing in the background with his shadow casting Spider-Man. Wow, crazy. the original up on display in like the main gallery there. That's pretty awesome. It was amazing. So. Amazing awesome. fantasy. That, that <laughs> could try. Uh, all right. Up next. Uh, by the way, highly recommended. Amazing yes. oh, yeah. number one. It was great. <clears throat> all right. Up next, we have Cleopatra in Space, Volume 1, Target Practice. This is written and drawn by Mike Mayhack. And uh, this is about Cleopatra going into space. Uh, this is a scholastic book. Uh, I'd say like a middle grade reader thing, 8 to 12, that kind of thing. Uh, and it was a really fun story. So they start with the uh, tried and true uh crazy things and then flashing back to explaining what the crazy things how they got set up so it's basically uh cleopatra in a space geared egyptian outfit escaping from a very cute little cat goblin aliens who she's stolen something from in a very indiana jones type of way and then she is rescued by a talking cat who's flying a anti-grav egyptian sled mobile sphinx yeah sphinx sphinx mobile and then it flashes back that uh, this is, in fact, the Cleopatra from history who is transported into the far, far future through some sort of magical or mechanical device. And then, but she's very young. So this is like what? She's, she's yeah, like, she finds a, an ancient temple with a portal that le- takes her. Well, not ancient temple because she's, she's yeah, in sort of like weird ancient thing. times. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so it ends it's up a modern time. What is she? She's like 12. This is like when she's very yeah. young. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. I'd say she's around 12. Yeah, and, 12, 13. And, uh, she's in the future and she's enrolled in school to train to become the savior of the galaxy. Yeah, because uh, it's prophesied that she's the person that will save uh, the the future from these evil people. Yeah, that are taking over the galaxy. Yeah. And, and then the story just kind of becomes, you know, her integrating, becomes a little bit of a fish out of water story about her integrating into her new school. Yeah, school story too. Yeah, and and, uh, yeah, it's I, great. It's really, really good. There's really good uh, kind of relationships between uh, her and her roommate and her. Uh, and then her the, friend their, from back their in techie Egypt friend. As well. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of action. The page layouts are really fun. Uh, the art is, you know, simple but fun, like but a scholastic yeah. book. It should it's be. It's great background. Every ones. cat in the future is intelligent and can talk. So that'll put yeah, it in the further evolved. Q realm. <laughs> and yeah, I, I I highly recommend it. Not just for kids, but for anybody. If yeah. you like, if you like stuff like <laughs> Amulet or Bone, I think. Yes. And this definitely feels like yeah, one of those like long term things because there's so many things introduced in this. A lot of and good characters. Ba- and you don't even see the bad guys in this. It's like the very early, so it's like it, this could go on for a while, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's great for them um, eventually. And when I first saw this, I didn't actually. I was not interested. I was like, eh. yeah, the, the cover's well, anything not the best that's for it. I, I usually don't like anything that's like too cutesy. Using or? something that already exists to make an I don't know, like you know, like, like Sherlock Holmes is a zombie. Yeah, like stuff like Sherlock that. Bones. Like, right. Yeah, like well, Sherlock <laughs> Bones is pretty great. Like yeah, Space yeah. Punisher. <laughs> Sherlock Hound is better than Sherlock Bones. But uh, it's great. Yeah, It's really good. Yeah, like it, it is very good. Highly recommended. Yeah. All right. Up next, we've got Dexter's Laboratory number one. Uh, this is written by Derek Friedos with art by Ryan Jampel. And uh, this is a Dexter's Laboratory comic. It is. Um, what is it about? It is about. Uh, Dexter trying to once again come up with a sneaky scheme, which of course his sister is like the biggest foil. So he's trying to figure out how to increase the potentiality of his brain. Uh, and the main thing is that of course his sister is going to screw him things up. And so the kind of thrust of this is like, he's finally deciding how can I actually deal with getting rid of my sister? Yeah. And it's kind of interesting cause you, you know, usually you see the Dexter's lab stuff and it's like little short six minute cartoons, Yeah, yeah. but this is setting up kind of a big storyline, yeah, which I, which I think is kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think the, the best thing about this book is it gets the voices of the characters perfectly. Yes, the voices were great. It's like you're reading you it. You can like, and hear it in your head. You yeah. can totally hear it in your head. And yeah. the art style is so on model and perfect. It's Which like, I think uh, they've, they've done uh, very well with all of these uh, Cartoon Network books. Like, like Powerpuff Girls feels like the cartoon. Yeah. Samurai Jack especially. Like, I feel like I can hear his By voice. By the way, the Powerpuff Girls comic is great right now. And Samurai Jack is awesome. Really and this awesome. was great. And so I'm super excited for this oh, doing uh, crazy super secret crisis war thing that's going to yeah, happen. Fun. Which is about everybody fighting Aku from uh samurai jack no i think it's everyone fighting all the villains together 
Oh, yeah, but I think Aku's, Aku's like the main the bad guy. guy. But yeah, still, yeah. that's going to yeah. be amazing. Um, yeah, and so if you like Dexter's Laboratory, this is great and fun. If you've never seen Dexter's Laboratory, you will not care anything about this <laughs> uh, But I, I would... Know. For kids, it's good. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I guess if you're, if you're younger and you You have, get a good sense at the beginning yeah, of what it's it about. Well. Yeah, but, uh, but, you know, it's, it's mostly for people who like Dexter's Laboratory. <laughs> right. uh, or the people are buying this for their kids, and they've probably already shown their kids Dexter's Laboratory. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a good comic. Yeah. All right, up next we've got Electra number one. This is uh, written by W. Hayden Blackman, who's written a bunch of stuff. But yeah, she wrote Batwoman for most of the time before she got uh, fired. Oh yeah, yeah. Which uh, also, oh, wow. On a side note, uh, the Batwoman annual that came out this week is uh, if you as soon as you open it, it says continued from Batwoman number twenty four. What? Because um, when they, they, when they got fired, they didn't finish the storyline. They just started with a new storyline without ending the last storyline. Wow. Story so, this is like them trying to end it without using their story because they don't want to use it. <laughs> they don't want to pay them for it. Yeah, anything. it's not the same, right? It's Mark yeah. and Draco. Um, um, but anyway, so Electro number one, uh, I'm talking about this because Electro's Greek and I'm Greek, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, kind of, art in this by Michael Del Mundo, by the way. By Michael Del Mundo, who's awesome. He's been doing covers a long time. He did all the uh, X-Men Legacy covers, who, oh, which yeah, are great. Were awesome. Fantastic. He drew... A couple issues of um, Spirit Spider-Man Team-Up, which are really good. And sometimes you worry that people who do just a bunch of covers won't be good at right. comics. But, I, but uh, he does an awesome job. There are oh, a couple really great pages in this. Yeah, like the the, the first few pages are um, kind of these... Uh, not splash pages. They're yeah, kind of a continuous image. That, Montage. Moving scenes. image. So it's like... <laughs> it's basically like you're doing a um, kind of gymnastic routine. That yeah, kind it's of like trans- Joe Sacco's The Great War, but shorter and... <laughs> so she's doing a gymnastic routine <laughs> with Morton like... Um, what do you call it with those... Uh, Sigh? No. Sighs. Oh, ribbons. 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 And then... Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Ribbon routine? Uh, anyway, she's doing that. And it, yeah, it, ribbons, as, like as it goes along, she's, she's telling her stories between the... Uh, loops of the uh, ribbon and you know it turns into blood and that's that's really cool and and they, that kind of continues throughout the comic and but the main point of it is like she's you know she's talking about how now she just doesn't want to be all these other things she just wants to be an assassin and so she's sent to this to take out this like like the best assassin in the world who lives Crow. on monster who lives island. on monster island and <laughs> we're also awesome. introduced no, no, no. they just know that he's so hard to find that's just the first place they know he's been so that's like she's obviously going to go on right. this quest to like hunt him down through all these dangerous places so that's the first spot to check yeah i thought it was cool i thought it was i thought it was interesting that she was like i tried being a hero that's just like not me i kill people yep. yeah <laughs> and i thought it was fantastic and i like where uh who like the the uh the assassin that shows up with the uh lion head oh yeah yeah is, uh, is fantastic is. yeah and uh bullseye and i i, I don't want to is it a spoiler <laughs> the way bullseye comes is it a spoiler yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's kind of a spoiler yeah, yeah. just yeah. leave it it's cool <laughs> it's great but uh yeah it's really good i this is one of the best marvel now books that that's come out recently yeah it reminded me a lot of uh the first issue of black widow Right, but with like just like a lot of way crazier elements that make it super fun and comic booky. Yeah, Yeah, and I like the idea of all these assassins and and just the art is so good that I want to see how he draws all these. It's like that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Marvel's been doing a really good job with their new series. Um, you know, She Hulk, Miss Marvel. Yeah, this is one of the ones I was excited about, but it's it's definitely one of the top the top ones. Yeah, for sure. All right, up next we've got uh, Eltingville Club number one. This is written and drawn by Evan Dorkin. Uh, Eltingville Club has shown up in his Dork comic before. Yeah, he's done. There was actually a cartoon of it at one point. They they did a pilot. Yeah, a pilot. But they actually showed it on TV. Uh, But yeah, yeah, so this has been like he's done it as shorts forever. And they, I, I, this is going to be a two-issue series, I believe. At least one other one's coming out. So yeah, it was originally think, solicited as a one-issue. Yes, yeah, so yeah, I think they're second trying to get month, just yeah. enough out to finally do a collection or a big trade of all those short stories put together. But basically, but, it's about a nerdy, oh, like, like a group of nerds. A group of nerds. A group of yeah, nerds yeah. who are into every possible nerdy thing, and they have formed a club. The only wrinkle to this is that the four of them are, like, terrible, terrible people. They're, like, the most juvenile... They're they're terrible to each other. They're terrible to everyone who's not part of their club. They're kind of like the stereotypical um, kind of snooty nerd. No, but they go so far. Like, they they hate each other, basically. They just happen to be, like, they, you know, they join this through this mutual love of all these things. And they basically become terrible people. And they have no self-restraint. And just everything always goes wrong with them. And usually ends up in violence. And so the crux of this story, which is the longest one they've ever had of a story with these guys, is that one of them ends up getting a job at the local comic shop, which is one of the worst comic stores in the world. It's like uh, their dream was, come true. Yeah, which was quite amusing to see how terrible the store was. It's like the one of the sto- other stores in Vienna. <laughs> 
but yeah, and so of course all the other three of them uh, are super jealous of him, and unfortunately the 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 horrible guy who runs the store is called away on an emergency errand to run to the toy store to get all the toys that are being held for him that so he can sell them at marked up prices and leaves his new first day on the job guy in charge and of course the power immediately goes to his head and uh, what do you call it? chaos insanity immediate yeah. results it's Craziness. it's awful and it so. Evan Dorkin, if you haven't seen his stuff before, it's super, super dense in both the dialogue and the kind of, like, denseness of what's happening on the page. So every page feels, like, crowded and, and tense, and it's great. It's super hilarious. It is super not lighthearted. I don't know. No, it's really uh, cynical. <laughs> yeah, it's very cynical. <laughs> cynical. But yeah, it's, it's good. Great. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I will uh, say I love Evan Dorkin's stuff, but there's something about the cynicism of it and yeah. like sort of the tropes of nerdery that he puts in here that feel very rooted in the past. Like, a little bit. It, it, right. I was going to say that. It, this reminds me. I felt like I was reading kind of like milk and cheese. Like yeah, original. it just feels like a comic from the nineties. Like, well, he's been doing this since the nineties. Like yeah, even the comic. way these kids are nerds, like selling action figures at marked up That's prices. True. Like it's such a nineties yeah. thing. Right. Uh, well, this is supposed to be the worst comic store in the world. And literally, I think he has a nice throwaway bit where a girl comes into the store looking for the new saga trade and is just immediately chased away by the repressive. 90s style awfulness of all the horrible people in this store yeah so in in it's really funny but yeah it's perpetuating some pretty <laughs> yeah i mean it's an yeah, a lot of people of yeah, kind of yeah but that. a lot of people got mad about this issue which i think is hilarious really? oh, well, that's good yep that's, yep that's, that's wait got mad in what way just like the, nerdy dudes were mad yeah oh, it's awesome well that's yeah. good uh that makes me like it better <laughs> yeah all right uh so up next we have justice league united number zero uh this is another another uh, rung on the ladder of DC climbing out of the hole that they created with the new 52. I thought this was a pretty good book. So this is written by uh, Jeff Lemire. Uh, I, was this originally called Justice League Canada? Yeah, and the that first storyline is called Justice League Canada. Yeah, well, the first storyline is called Here's my, Justice DC Comics proudly presents Justice League United in Justice League Canada. I, I, I really like this book. Here's, here's my first, like, only kind of big gripe about this book is it's Justice League United number zero. Oh, and yeah. the, it, the when you open it, it's like Justice League Canada, part one of five. Yeah, so I'm number like, so one who, will be part two. So if somebody buys part one, a number just buys number one, they're going to be like, wait, part two? I don't understand. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like why? Why yeah. number it is zero? That's true, but but that's all sort of separate from the content of yeah, the book, yeah. at least. So uh, this is just about. So Jeff Jeff Lemire just finished up Animal Man, and. Uh, and the the series ended, and now now Animal Man is in this, which I think that's cool. Yep, uh, and because <clears throat> he has such a good grasp of that character, yeah. But this is just basically about a Canadian Justice League team uh, with an interesting makeup. It's uh, Martian Manhunter, Green Arrow, Animal Man, Adam Strange, uh, Supergirl, and the Star Spangled Kid. And, Although Supergirl does not show up in this, uh, she shows up at the beginning. She's in it for a couple. Also, of is Hawkman in this team? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, he is at the by the end. Is he? But he's well. He shows up. He shows up on the team. Yeah, yeah, but he he will be part of the team. Is Lobo gonna be part? No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> but basically, this is about some aliens that uh, come to Earth. It seems, and right. uh, then the you know, it's a basic story. Then they have to fight them. <laughs> it's 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 it's, it's, it's more about the execution, I think, in this yeah. than than what is happening. And I feel like the dialogue is really uh, like witty and sharp. And there's there are a bunch of funny bits and the art is really good and they set up a new uh, superhero yeah and there's a bunch of subplots you know there's the um yeah the new superhero whose name i forget she's super canadian uh no isn't she like um a native like a native american yeah which is in part of canada well yeah um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Do they do they give her a superhero name? I don't think so. In this Miabin one. is her name. Miabin, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, First I, Nation. There and I just thought it was uh, I thought it was a fun book, which is not what we've been getting from DC a lot of recently. Even though I'm enjoying like Batman Eternal, it's still like dark and gritty and stuff. Yeah, yeah I feel like this is the closest to kind of a Justice League International type book. Um, yeah, it's like all these characters that nobody really cares about, but like they're in really fun situations. And I like that Animal Man is in this. Um, and, and if he's like the main character basically and, yeah. and, uh, yeah, I, yeah, a little 
I don't know how I feel about the new Lobo showing up, but uh, I think Jeff Lemire can. I think he writes him well. Can write it well, yeah. That that's just. Uh, I think that's just like he has to deal. With how it. do you feel about the new Lobo? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like he probably, uh, you know, probably when he came up with the story, there wasn't even a new Lobo. Yet. Yeah, he's like, let's just go with it. But uh, yeah, new Lobo is is kind of weird looking. But uh, yeah, I I thought it was fun. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. Um, again, no reason for it to be a number zero. If no, that's if you're not true. buying this because you're waiting for number one because you think this is just some kind of buy this weird tie-in, just uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then, hey, maybe before they get to number five, there will be like a four point one, two, three, and four. That'll be uh, the it'll be just just the United number two point five uh, Forever Evil Aftermath. Oh, oh yeah. How come we're not reviewing Forever Evil Aftermath Batman versus Bane, which came out before Forever Evil ended? No, that's true. Uh, did you guys read that? Not yet. No. Oh, there's a part where a little kid asked Bane to get medicine for his mom. Uh, up next, we have Original Sin number zero. Wow. Uh, this this is written by uh, Mark Wade. Wait, so Mark Wade isn't actually writing original sin. Jason Aaron no. is writing the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, this is a real issue zero of a it is, <laughs> eight yeah, issue yeah. series. It feels very much like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number zero. Yep. Um, yeah, this is definitely not, you know, the, this main, is a the prelude. main story. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of the introduction to the characters. Anyway, so yeah, this. but Jim Chung is drawing the main series. No. Yeah. No. no. No, it's Mike Deodato. Oh, well, that's, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I like Jim Chung better. But yeah, sure. It's a different, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's different. Uh, so Mark Wade obviously, is he writes a bunch of stuff, Kingdom Come, Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, and Jim Chung is the guy that drew all the original Young Avengers before the Kieran Gillen, Jamie McKelvey stuff, and all that stuff is great. And he did the first and last issue of Infinity as well. So this, this is... Uh, this is kind of a weird issue, but I thought it was really good. It's, it's, a, it's a good character story. Yeah, it's about uh, Nova, who uh, they cover actually a lot of ground that was covered in the Nova series. Right. But, uh, you know, it's about Nova and um, just kind of wondering about the Watcher and what the Watcher does. And yeah, he's had a bunch of interactions with the Watcher in his, in his regular series. Yeah, so he decides basically, like, he wants to go hang out with the Watcher and see what's up. And he goes to uh, the Watcher's house. On the moon? Yeah. Well, he, yeah. Wants to, he wants to get the Watcher to tell him where his dad is. Basically. Right, right. Because yeah. he's like, you can see everything. Just tell me. Yeah, because the, the, the basics of the new uh, the new Nova series, what's his name? Sam? Alexander. Oh, Sam Alexander, yeah. I was going to say Sam Smith, but that's that sad His dad guy. is a uh, um, Black Nova, which is like a secret. Yeah, and, and his dad was always gone, and, and he never believed that he was a Nova and then had to take over. And I actually liked the storyline in Nova. I, yeah. It, it was really good at the beginning, and it hit a rough spot, and then it's, it's now good. it's really good again. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, yeah. So he wants uh, Uwatu, the Watcher, to help him find his dad. And in the process of that, he ends up learning about a bunch of crazy other stuff. Yeah, and this is kind of a... I feel like the main goal of this is to kind of give people a little bit of information on the Watcher before he's killed so that they have some kind of, you know, investment in... Emotional connection. Yeah, yeah. Um, But you learn some interesting things. You learn that the Watcher has an armory of, like, all sorts of crazy space weapons, including, like, the ultimate Ultimate nullifier. Like, basically all the big stuff from throughout Um, the galaxy. Cosmic cube and stuff. And you kind of get an origin for the Watcher, which which I I don't think I've, uh, I've ever seen before. Well, like the, you've, I, you've seen other watchers and stuff, but yeah. this is kind of like him as a kid and his dad, um, you know, and, and, and it kind of leads into why they don't interfere with stuff because when it goes terribly wrong. Um, yeah, it felt very Green Lantern-y, the Guardians in a way. Right. Oh, yeah. A little bit. And then you find out also, you know, that Uatu watches all realities of Earth. Which is pretty crazy. So I guess all the watchers go to each planet and see every possible iteration of that. Um, I want to read this one where the, it's the Fantastic Five and Spider-Man is in it. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, really? It's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and then there's a, actually a really good kind of touching ending with the, with the Watcher there. And and he feels really sad, and this is really weird. But um, there's a really great moment where he's, you know, he, he tells Nova something very interesting. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see the Watcher as a character with a little bit of emotion. Like a little bit of humanity. Almost. I feel like yeah. recently he was given maybe a little too much humanity in the uh, <laughs> FF <laughs> series. Well, <laughs> I love that stuff, but... Uh, Apparently his wife will show up in, um, in Original Sin. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Because um, she's pregnant, right? Yeah, yeah. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, FF was a crazy book, you guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I thought this was a good number zero. I feel like uh, you can just jump right in and read it, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And... Um, and the Watcher actually feels like a like a real character for once, instead yeah. of just kind of this being it's like weird, you. Powered, you understand dude. why he doesn't interfere. Yep. And okay. we all read Original Sin number one as well, and yep. uh, we'll talk oh, yeah. about that we pretty soon. But it was copy. But it was really good, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with uh, Marvel's big event right now. Yeah, I, the thing I like about this, uh, 
like besides that the main story is like nick fury solving a murder mystery um i i like the because they use their events to kind of create new stories or whatever like you know dark rain and stuff but i like that this one is like people can do kind of anything they're like so the watcher sees all these secret things so you can retcon anything or do whatever you want um yeah that's that's pretty fun that could lead to like thousands of like there's a new daredevil story line coming up about how his mom abandoned him and why and stuff which is yeah it's cool I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it leads into more stuff than Infinity, which was just like a giant space battle. Yeah, yeah. This seems yeah. to it seems to be a story that is uh, like a jumping off point for more character-based stories. Yeah, designed to create new stories. Yeah, yeah. which is cool. Uh, all right. Up next, we've got uh, Rai, number one. That's R-A-I, by the way. Not R-Y-E. Right. Um, uh, this is written Ray. by Matt Kent, who writes Mind Management and um, the Frankenstein comic. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the art in this is by Clayton Crane, who drew... Spectacular carnage. Yeah, he draws oh, a lot a bunch of carnage, of carnage stuff things. Uh, and this, I don't know this character. I guess he's it's an old valiant character. Reboot. Yep. But uh, he's like um, basically like a, a superhero that works for the Japanese government. He's like Judge Dredd. He's kind of like Judge Dredd. Yeah, uh, Jared, you just read like this like samurai five Judge seconds Dredd? ago. Yeah. So basically, the this is set in a Japan that is a Judge Dredd type thing, where it's just a huge, huge city. Super, but it's a flo- is super, it a floating city? Super techie. No, his level is floating. There's at that. Yeah, but basically, it's like super urban, super overbuilt. Like you never see the skies. It's buildings and technology all around you. Yeah, it says it yeah, takes it takes month. three days to get to like the yeah. uh, you know a few floors up or whatever. yeah, it takes a month to walk across the whole city and that's yeah, and like a month solid everything's like Crazy. sectors everywhere so anyway this is new japan and uh it's so far, far in the future it's the 41st century and there's not been a murder committed in this area for over a thousand years in japan in all of yeah. japan and yeah. so the opening scene is a murder being committed uh and so there's a girl who's kind of one of the narrators who is trying to say that oh this is kind of exciting because rai is obviously going to come to investigate he's like kind of the the secret you know, super guy who shows up whenever something horrible happens. Yeah, he's Even kind of a guy who's kind of a legend. He yeah. solves like every crime, or he, he takes care of every problem. Yeah, and it's interesting why he's a legend because this like place is so huge, and yep. there's not a lot of crime. So like he's become this kind of thing because nobody ever sees him because he's not really needed. I, well, I thought he's that was kind of like Superman. Almost, if you're like, oh, I hope Rye's going to come and save us or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so th- they try to set up a little bit of a political system that there's ratty sort of kind of like rebel radiation dudes or whatever. And then there's uh, the PTs who are basically artificial intelligence robots that have been grown to be companions to everyone. Yeah, so and the ratties kind of a, are kind of anti-tech, so they're right. against them. So there's this kind of weird social battle slowly developing in the background. And so uh, when Rai finally shows up, he comes from a wonderful, beautiful kind of nature filled place yeah, he's like a, he's like under a cherry blossom tree on yep. like on like a up in the cloud it's not, clear, <laughs> yeah, it's not clear what he is yeah cuz he, he human? that's a little bit of a part of the story right yeah. part of the story is like yeah, the girl says uh he must be human because it says he can he can die or whatever. After but it like says a hundred years. After hundred years, so yeah. I was like, well, he's not exactly human. But he can like talk to machines and like yeah. But then he's so he's basically doing an investigative thing with some uh, action, and then it's almost as soon as he shows up, more people start getting killed. Yeah, so clearly basically. something yeah. horrible is going on, and there's people running around with guns, and nobody knows where the weapons are coming from, and there's a. Uh, people he's investigating so it's gonna be kind of a mystery thing but yeah with I, lots of action yeah it kind of reminded me of blade runner or something yep. in that way i like the world uh, I thought yeah it was yeah world. definitely that's that's to me the world building in this was great i thought actually the whole thing was was really well written i thought the yeah. dialogue was all fine i thought the the little the the young girl character was a really interesting way to sort of introduce us to this universe um yeah i i don't love the art clayton crane does a little his a little too like photoshoppy painty a too for computery, me yeah yeah but uh but overall i i I actually really like this first yeah, issue. Yeah, I liked it. I like the um, the kind of conf- inner conflict that he has because he he works for a father who's kind of this we don't om- omnipotent yeah. being. He's that, like the Wizard of Oz. Or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he's he's starting to question like, do why do I obey like every order of this? Yeah, yeah he's like, and maybe I don't obey father. Maybe I just obey justice or whatever. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I just I'm just for Japan, the spirit of Japan. Or something. Yeah, a lot yeah, of the people yeah. he meets are kind of questioning why is he doing these things as well. So yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool. Interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we just got two more books. Up next, we have Star Wars Rebel Heist, number one. Uh, this is written also by Matt Kent, the same who wrote Rye, number one. And uh, the artist is by uh, Marco Castillo. And, uh, Not as good as Rye. 
Nope, uh, definitely not. It's a lot different though. It did uh, have Han Solo? Yeah, so uh, it had a lot of Han Solo. So this is basically a book about a guy who meets Han Solo. It he's, takes he's, place he's, during the Rebel. Takes place after the first Star Wars movie. During the Rebel era, what is during it called? the Rebellion era? Yeah. Rebellion era. We had a long talk about this before the podcast. Kevin was super filling us in. Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out where it fil- where it fits in because it was like. Uh, it says it says explicitly that it takes place right before episode five or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and it does. Um, yeah, so basically, this is about this kid who uh, who kind of worships Han Solo a little bit when the story starts, and then once he finally meets him, Han Solo is kind of saving him from some trouble that he gets in. Well, the kid's basically like trying to get recruited as a new rebel agent, kind right? Of part of the the rebellion, basically, and he's like. A lot of it's like he's like, am I in over my head? Am I making the right choice? And almost instantly, yeah, he's kind of in trouble. Uh, but then Han Solo saves him, and they're on the run. Yeah, and so he thinks Han Solo is kind of a hero. But as the story goes on, he's like, well, maybe this guy's just like kind of reckless. And, maybe he's just a mercenary. A mercenary. Maybe he doesn't yeah. know what he's really doing. And, um, yeah. So I, I don't know if we should say what happens at the end. But basically, well, basically they get captured. Yep. And then you find out that the narration in this comic was uh, him talking to somebody that's interrogating him about Han Solo. And um, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's uh, it's a little too uh, referential. Yeah. So there's that. But the the first thing is they spend a lot of the time in the story introducing Han Solo as a character, and it's like if you're reading this comic, you know who Han Solo is. Like, <laughs> like it's it's not yeah. like we're watching avatar or or dances with wolves or something and trying to learn about the, native american culture <laughs> like, like well, we one, all know who han solo the is. one part about it i guess that that is interesting in that and when they're just he's describing him is that you kind of see a little bit of how other people see han solo in the universe at this point yeah i guess which is kind of interesting but then yeah there's definitely a lot of like you know all. but this even story. that's like very simplistic of like he thinks he's cool but then he doesn't think he's cool I don't but, know. Well, there's like a thing where like yeah, he's kind of a like legendary, but then they're like yeah, he's, he's like oh, I heard he blew up the Death Star and uh, shot Darth Vader's ship, uh, and uh, his his ship is a hunk of junk. Uh, yeah. So the hunk of junk thing that gets to a lot of what's go like. There's a lot of stuff in this book that feels like it's just like dialogue ripped from other mo- like from the yeah. this the first Star Wars movie or like 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 referencing it in a really heavy way. Yeah, he's like uh, he 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 talks about Han Solo. He's like. Uh, he seems like the type of guy that grew up in a hive of scum and villainy or something <laughs> like that. I'm like, yeah. really? You have to use that exact phrasing. I'm like, eh. and then, yeah, yeah. And then Hansel is like, get in my new ship. It's a hunk of junk. I'm like, ah, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They say hunk of junk like three times. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's cool because it's a Han Solo kind of solo adventure. Uh, oh boy, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that, but uh, yeah. Like there's this line. He's like, "You don't need to say it. It's a hunk of junk," which is just like, "Why yeah. you, t- lady? What do you mean you don't need to say it? Like because Luke Skywalker said it in the movie? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what is going yeah. on here? Anyway, um, yeah, and he's I, like, great jacket. I, I always get, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was one in a hundred. Uh, yeah, so I always get excited about the Star Wars books, and I'm just constantly disappointed by them. Yeah, some of them are good. Which ones? George R. Binks. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the one Star Wars Tales story that was written by Tony Millionaire 15 years ago was pretty solid. Pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. That wasn't 15 years ago. It, it was like, like after oh, episode years one. Ago. It was late, four I years. Think it was late 90s yeah. for some of them. No, episode, when was episode one? Oh, maybe it was 2099. Uh, I think it was 99. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, yeah. this must have been like 2001. Hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, next month, 15th anniversary of Star Wars episode one. Finally. Uh, yeah, so anyway, that's that. Uh, and the last book we have is southern bastards number one this is written by jason aaron who's going to write the original sin main series yep and who wrote scalped yeah and uh, the art in this is by jason latour who drew oh what was that book called loose and loose ends which was cool never finished right still waiting on the last one jason uh and this is so so jason aaron talks a little bit in this about how he grew up in the south and he wanted to write a book that took place in the south and uh i feel like i used to live in alabama and i feel like he captures it pretty well (laughs) yep and other jason uh, Grew up in the Carolinas, and he also talks about growing up in the South and how he kind of wanted to bring it to life. And they, yeah, they totally nail this. It's, I don't know, it's got the kind of like old, like rundown, failing towns and like old battered Confederate memorials and barbecue joints and like kind of the, I don't know, the people who've never escaped from these little towns and just stuck there. And that, uh, yeah, I a think lot of it is, the... is like about you know the things you can't escape from, where you came from, and which is. 
you know, a theme that he definitely heavily, uh, you know, got into in Scalped as well. Yeah, this is very much like Scalped, but not like in a way that it's, you know, the same thing. No, no. But I mean, like, you know, Scalped was like they were in a, this place that you can't get away from. That right. was a small town. And I feel like he creates a very good sense of place in that book and this book. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, the the first issue of this is really cool. It's it's about a guy. Uh, yeah, Earl Tubb, who's, yeah. which I find is kind of interesting that, that he's old. It's not like some young, you know, like guy in scalp, like the young, you know, tough guy coming back into town. This is an old guy who left town like 40 years after his dad died right. and his, and his dad back. is basically the guy from Walking Tall. Right? Yeah. He's like the uh, Sheriff the Big Burt Tubbs. Sh- sh- yeah. And, oh, you uh, the Rock? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's uh, who was a sheriff that took care of the town carrying just like a big stick stick. Who was in the original Walking Tall? Is that John Voight? No. It was, uh, oh man. I used oh, wait. To, was I used it, did the new this. one have Thomas Jane in it? No. The no, new it was one the, had rock. the Rock. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and, uh, what's the name from Jackass? Oh, uh, Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville, yeah. Oh, boy. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. It, I, I really like this a lot. I think uh, this is going to be as good as Scalps, and I love Scalps. Yeah, so what, what it's kind of about is he comes back, uh, to. Well, I don't. I don't actually want to say what he what he wants what he's doing. Well, he's coming back because his uncle, who had been taking care of his dad's house, has to go to an old folks' home, or he's right, right. Yeah, he's yeah, so yeah. basically, he just has to come back for a few days to like take care of all the property and that's stuff. That's what. Yeah, that's what gets him there. And then it seems like he has some 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 old uh, some like you know kind of old he's stuff haunting him that he yeah. wants to take care of as well. But yeah, he's been gone so long, and the town is at this point so different. And it seems like it's kind of run by uh, you know a group of criminals. Yeah. Um, including... And because of his dad, he gets noticed, right? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah because everybody knows his dad from something that he did, which the, that his kind of stuff I don't want to give away. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, the way his dad died. Right. Um, and, uh, we don't, he, I don't think we know the way his dad died. Oh, I guess he didn't die in that situation. No. Did he? See? Well, yeah, you yeah. just know, but, yeah. there, but there's like a thing that everybody he, knows. He's, that was basically from. like a vigilante. Yeah, like yeah. He was taking out criminals. Yeah. And, uh, and so now the town is run by this preacher's son. Who's like a real evil dude. The yeah. coach. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's. That's about it. Yeah, he, uh, he by the end, want... he decides he's going to take back his town. Yeah, he doesn't want to... First, he doesn't want to have anything to do with anything in this town. He's going to get in and out, and then he gets kind of wrapped up in some crazy stuff. And... Yeah, just like his instincts quickly like just starts running up against like the wrong people in the town. And I love and the like... stuff with the tree. And Oh, man. Uh, there's some great stuff. Yeah, like, there's so the much the flashback stuff. scenes, there's literally two or three scenes where it's flashing back and all those are scenes are in like bright red and then it's interspersed with like other horrific things that are happening at the same time in the town and then it's interspersed with like him trying to work through some stuff in his past while he's like thinking about all the things that have happened to him and it's just like and flashing if, from panel to panel to panel and if you haven't seen jason things, latour's art yeah that's like the art on this is so good it's fantastic. I think we should just tell people to buy it because uh, yeah, I don't want. I don't want to get. Yeah, too we don't want to talk too much about it. It's great. Yeah, beautiful art. Yeah. No, like this scene here where it's like got all the little flashbacks to the bits of the papers on the wall, and oh my gosh. Yeah. Nobody can see that. <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, by Southern Bastards. It's, uh, it's incredible. Amazing. Yeah, it's really fantastic. Highest right. recommendation. And that is it for this week's podcast. What? That's yeah. crazy. Is yeah. that crazy? Okay. Crazy enough. Uh, that was a lot of books. <laughs> it was a lot of books. Uh, we will be back soon, and we'll talk about more comics on the Big Planet Comics Podcast. Later.